Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Can you imagine if real life was like Monday Night Raw. You have a job interview and you'd be all excited and you'd sit down there and you'd have a great 25-minute conversation with your future employer and then would end with this guy, I don't know, just taking his fist and punching you right in the face and saying, get out of my office. You'd be like, why? What did I do? And nobody would ever flip and tell you. Hello, my name is Simon from What Culture. There was just a little bit of foreshadowing about what did happen on the main event of this Raw and last week's Raw and the Raw before that 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 and so on and so forth to when dinosaurs are roaming the earth. Let's just get into it we had a wwe show we take the finger of power and we give the good bits and up and we give the bad bits a down charlotte flair started raw this week and she wanted to know why do i have a women's title match again Flair started Raw this week and she wanted to know why do I have a women's title match against Bianca Belair? And I sat there and thought, it's a very good question. I have absolutely no idea. That's not a bad thing in the sense that you knew Bianca Belair versus Charlotte Flair was going to be a terrific match, but wrestling is at its best when you already have a terrific match and you inject it with some story because then you can emotionally invest. It's an age-old tale. Of course, eventually she was interrupted by Bianca because it is the opening of Raw and if somebody doesn't interrupt somebody during the opening promo, the world will implode and she was all like, oh, I would have beaten you recently if it wasn't for Becky Lynch. Now look, this is true, but once more, how does it make any sense? So you had a match with the champ, you lost by whatever means and now all of a sudden, you fight for the championship. See what I just pulled out my pocket? confusion. Anywho, Bianca Belair promised that she'll win tonight, she'll win at Crown Jewel, and then she'll be a double champion. And even though Charlotte tried to kick her ass, Bianca kicked her ass instead. And this was fine, but honestly, why does every single opening of Raw have to go on for so long? Why is it always the same? Let's get in the down. Fear! Then return. It was round two of the King of the Ring, and of course it was Xavier Woods versus Jinder Mahal. And because I know how much Woods wants to win this, and because I'm now desperate for him to win it too, I watch his matches and I feel like his terrified dad. I was even more worried because Woods had a promo before this saying, oh, this is the most important thing of my life, and Kofi Kingston was there saying, I'll be out there with you, my friend, to make sure there's no interference. I was like, oh no, this is what WWE does when they want to trick you. But thankfully on this occasion, we made it through to the other side 
side, and therefore it's getting up. Of course, he was taken on Jinder Mahal, and there was this one bit where he hit the Colossus out of nowhere, and it was kind of a weird fall, and I actually thought I was dead, because the ref went one, and the ref went two, and just as he was about to hit three, Xavier Woods grabbed the bottom rope, and I think I just collapsed on the floor. I mean, I didn't. You would know if you collapsed, you wouldn't have to think about it, but I was just so, so scared. And then Xavier did hit his springboard elbow, and he got the one, two, three, and I was happy again. It also means the finals of our King of the Ring is going to be Xavier Woods taking on Finn Balor. So actually, we've ended up with a win-win, because while I would be very upset if Xavier Woods didn't have his hand raised, I'm all right with Finn being the king. Finn Balor is great. Sarah Schreiber was then interviewing Austin Theory when he was interrupted by all the 24-7 nonsense. And I tell you, when 2022 rolls around, we are gonna have to do an interference counter, and I genuinely believe, and I mean it from the bottom of my tootsie toes, that it would go past 1,000. Because of all of this, it turned out that later on he was gonna take on our truth And then we got told that on this episode of Raw, we were going to have a no-holds-bar interview between Goldberg and Bobby Lashley. I sat there until it aired going, what the flubbins is a no-holds-bar interview? What kind of conversational chat do you have when there's some kind of a hold? WWE is living on its own special planet. More shenanigans on Raw then followed. Because as I just said, it was meant to be Austin Theory versus R-Truth. But instead, Truth just came out and said, oh, I know I said it would be me facing you, but what I actually meant was Jeff Hardy. And for some reason, this was totally fine. So we did have a rematch between Austin Theory and Jeff Hardy. And I just watched one now going, <laughs> and if you treat it like a comedy show, I tell you, it's pretty damn wonderful. With all that said, this is what we should have done a few weeks ago if we are trying to turn Austin into a major player. Because he basically fluked his last victory against Jeff Hardy. But here, he hit his big spingy thing he moved knee thingamajig into his knee. That was the worst sentence I've ever said in my life. And he pinned Jeff Hardy for the one, two, three. Now look, I do absolutely think the WWE should and could be treating Jeff better than this. But once more, if you want to make Austin Theory a star, he should be beating legends. And he just beat one of the biggest ones up. The thing is though, WWE then undid this instantly like a kid who refuses to lace their shoes. Because Austin Theory was going to do the whole, oh I've beaten you, I'm going to take a selfie. When Jeff Hardy, like Tyson Fury in that Deontay Wilder fight, just rose to his feet, he beat up Theory and he took the selfie instead. So in around about 25 seconds, we had actually done 50-50 booking, which must be a new record for WWE. At least they try and go from one episode to the next. Now we're just doing it on the same night. I'm truly sorry, I must get it down. A huge question was then asked, and it's a question that has never been asked before. Can Drew McIntyre and Big E coexist as a tag team? Look, because I'm being sarcastic, my back has gone into this position to the point I have to wind myself up. If any from WWE is watching this, stop asking this question. You've asked it around about 82,922 times, so surprisingly, now nobody cares. I mean, we asked it last week, and the answer was no. So why would Drew and Big E be trying it again? Anyway, they were. They're going to have a tag team match later. Whatever. Charlotte also barged into Adam Pearce and Sonny Deville's office after this and just went, I think all of this is a conspiracy theory. And the would-be GM said, yeah, but it's not. And Charlotte went, okay. That's what happened. It was then Big E and Drew McIntyre trying to coexist as they took on Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode. And once more, there was no rhyme or reason to this. 
but they're all such talented wrestlers, they get it up. Big E just threw Ziggles into the timekeeper's area in the early going, so Bobby Roode went, well, that gives me an idea, and I'll chuck Big E into the steel steps, and that allowed the bad guys to take over on the WWE champion, as the commentary team were all like, well, does Drew even want to get in there? Because, of course, he probably wants Big E softened up so he can beat him at Crown Jewel. Smart. He eventually did get his big hot tag, and he threw around Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode like they were nothing. I bet sometimes they think that as well. Before he said, oh, we can coexist. And Big E was back in there. He hit the big ending onto Rude and he got the one, two, three. It then turned out, no, they couldn't coexist because they started yelling at each other and doing really angry talking. I tell you, if it wasn't for the fact this was on the Saudi Arabia show, I think this feud could have been so much better, but we all been rush, 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 rush. We had a Street Boys promo next, and because they went after AJ Styles and Omos, AJ Styles and Omos turned up and said, well, that wasn't very nice. It hurt our feelings and insinuated that if they do become the Raw Tag Team Champions at the pay-per-view, maybe Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford will be their first challenges. Because this is how we set up championship matches on Raw. You just got someone and go, hey, Raw, championship match? And they go, sure thing, buddy. Mansoor then defeated Cedric Alexander. What is going on? This is so weird because Shelton Benjamin and Cedric only recently joined up with Bobby Lashley again. But now they're not helping him out at all. But you just know they're going to pop up at Crown Jewel and probably screw over Goldberg. And then we will probably never see them again. However, there was quite a nice twist here because Mansoor actually won after this cool net breaker thing. So the story is, as soon as he did break up from Mustafa Ali, who was all like, you don't know what you're doing, he won a match. And Ali was out after this and Mansoor went crazy and said, no, you piece of trash, I'm not going to take it anymore. So I just want to give a round of applause to Ali and Mansoor, who have been given pretty much nothing, but they have made this lovely little tale, this lovely little story, this lovely little narrative, to the point I want to see them have a really good match on Thursday. So it's thumbs up all round, and it's getting it up. We then had this no-holds-barred interview between Goldberg and Lashley, and I was excited. I was like, well, what are they going to do? Maybe they're going to have some guns. But no, they were in different rooms, and we just had that line down the middle. This was not no-holds-barred at all. I'm also completely siding with Bob here, because he was all like, listen, Goldberg, you keep threatening to kill me, meaning really I can just go to the police. And he's right. He should. This match shouldn't even be happening. It shouldn't. Bobby Lashley should ring out the police and say, uh, excuse me, I've got a crazy dude who said he's going to murder me and my family. And they'll be like, oh yeah, that's against the law. We'll go take him in. Bob also mentioned Goldberg's son Gage. Once again, Bill was like, oh, stop talking about my family. And Bobby Lashley was like, oh man, I'm going to make you suffer. But it's the last line that we need to focus on. And it is the last line that is going to be chatted about for a good old while. Because in the most calm tone ever, which made it even more psychopathic, Bill Goldberg said, Okay, Bobby, kill your Thursday. That's right. That's a statement of intent. On Thursday, they're having a match. And when all is said and done, Bill Goldberg is going to murder this poor man. So this is nuts. It's properly nuts. And while I'm not totally into the whole story, I wasn't bored. And in fact, I was laughing my ass off for all of this, again, for all the wrong reasons. You have to forgive me. If I'm entertained, I'm entertained. And I'm giving it an up. But seriously, WWE, never do this again. Usual stuff between Riddle and Randy Orton next. Riddle is winding up Randy. And Randy kind of wants to punch him in the face, but he won't. And once again, I kind of feel like this tag team is in a holding pattern. Why? Because of damn Crown Jewel. Riddle also made some weed references here. And because they were about to fight the Street Profits, Randy Orton got him all rolled up before they walked to the ring. It was what it was. He also had a Keith Lee video package around this time. And of course, now his new nickname is Bearcat. 
They said he's clawing his way to Raw. Sometimes WWE doesn't know why young people aren't watching their show. And throughout the night, we had ones with Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens and Becky Lynch. So I'm just going to keep everything crossed. When we Google it next week and the draft actually takes effect, the quality of the Monday Night Entertainment goes up a little bit. It was then the Street Profits versus RK Bro, and you know what I'm going to say. They're really good wrestlers, so they had a really good match. But it's true. The problem as ever is the finish, because WWE is now just one big bait and switch. It's like they'll ring you up and go, oh my gosh, do you want to come see this brand new movie? And you'll get there and you'll just be in somebody's house watching The Terminator. And you're like, what are you talking about? The Terminator came out 30 years ago. This isn't new at all. I feel screwed. However, I still like The Terminator. Man. That is the best analogy that has ever come out of my mouth. But yes, there was dives all over the place because it is 2021 wrestling. And at one point, Randy Orton was like, oh my gosh, I'm so impressed with Riddle when he went on a little bit of a flurry. However, I was not very impressed with Randy Orton because despite being a veteran and one of the best in the game, he actually fell for a distraction. Because somebody somewhere pushed play on AJ Styles' music, so Randy was like, oh, I've totally forgotten I was in a match. And this got doubly bad, because even though Omos came marching to the ring, from behind Randy Orton, there was AJ Styles. He hit the phenomenal forearm, meaning, yes, you're ahead of me. Not only was this a distraction, it was also a disqualification. So now we are doing distraction DQ finishes. And do you know what I do when that happens? I punch myself in the head because I find it more enjoyable. It also means the distraction counter goes up to 113 and the DQ board goes up to 59. And AJ Styles and Omos just wrecked RK Bro here because, of course, they're going to have a tag team title match in a few days. Absolutely redonkulous. No match on Raw ever has a finish. That's why it's getting it down. Queen's Crown match next. And you know the deal. We all set our timers. And this one didn't even get to go three minutes. And <laughs> it had a silly ending down. It's such a shame too, because this was Dewdrop versus Shayna Baszler. And if you know anything about these two, they could have had a right banger of a match. But of course, they need some time. But instead, eventually Shayna locked in the Kirafuda clutch. And the commentator's like, well, that's it. She's never going to get out of it. She did. But then she fell back into it. And despite being choked for a culminative time of around about two minutes, all of a sudden, she just got all of this power. She lay, I suppose, on Shayna Baszler. And the ref went one, two, three. Dewdrop then rolled out and was dead on the outside. And Shayna walked to go, oh, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. You tell me. I mean, a normal match would have been totally fine. And then you could have picked any winner, depending on who you want to push. But we're not allowed nice things. Nikki Ash and Rhea Ripley were then in the back. And they gave a raw hat to Bianca Belair because she's now on Raw. This is what happens, WWE. When you break up all your women's tag teams, someone goes, why don't we go give somebody a hat? Finn Balor then beat Mace. And I know I've laughed my way through this episode of Raw Ups and Downs, but it's so funny. Why is it Finn Balor versus Mace? <laughs> and it went like two minutes. Poor Mace. He never stood a chance. I bet it was fine for what it was. You can't get mad at it. Finn was thrown around for a little bit, but then he hit the coupe de gras and he got the one, two, three. But what was really good about this was the fallout when Xavier Woods and Finn Balor got at each other's face because, of course, they both want to be the king of the ring. And I'm giving it an up because they were super duper pissed at each other here to the point Kofi had to be like, man, you two got separate. I don't like where this is going. And this is nice and simple stuff. I could see in Xavier Woods' eyes, he wants to be the king. I could also see that Finn Balor wants to win. And because they have this passion, it comes out of the TV. It hits me right in the tum-tum, and I have the passion too. It really is that easy. And we found out that this meditation thing 
is actually the brand new gimmick for John Morrison. Why? But yes, once again, he was interrupted this time by the Viking Raiders, who are all like, ha ha ha, what a moron, why are you doing meditation? And what John Morrison should have said was, dudes, you are Vikings. You think you are Vikings. You walk around with Viking helmets on and you coming up into my space and saying meditation is stupid. Here we have three people that could be excellent, or they are excellent professional wrestlers, but could be smashing the scene, and we are putting them in skits like this to just make your face palm. You're like, what is this? What are we gonna do? And now John Morrison is looking for enlightenment, and it's probably gonna be the gobbledygooker. Point is, it's getting it down. And then as ever, WWE gave us a terrific main event, but when we got to the finish, it stole it away from you like candy from a baby. So I won't waste your time, give it an up, but also give it a down. They kicked each other's asses too with Charlotte Flair just chucking Bianca Belair into the announce table in the early going. And when they got back in the ring, they were just doing all these badass reversals. And Bianca hit Charlotte with this awesome looking delayed vertical suplex. I could have watched this all day. You knew they were laying it in hard too because Charlotte had a busted mouth at one point and then she was doing all these crazy moonsaults and Bianca Belair was hitting spine busters to the point Charlotte had to go back to the outside again. This was such a good back and forth contest, like proper wrestling tennis. And I just knew, I just knew deep down that WWE was gonna do something. And of course they did. Before all that though, Bianca was then throwing Charlotte into the announce table to punish her for what she did earlier. And then when Flair went from the natural selection, that got reversed into a backslide. You couldn't help but be entertained by this because these two clearly have really good chemistry. They even were fighting on the top rope at one point when Bianca Belair decided I'm gonna hit a sunset flip power bomb, and that got a great near fall, but it's here where clearly somebody in the bank went, guys, we booked Bianca versus Charlotte, but we don't want anybody to win, and we don't want anybody to lose, what should we do? So Charlotte just got a chair, twonk, hit Bianca Belair, and that was the end. Look how deflated I get. Look at my stupid face and my stupid shoulders. Also bring down the DQ board. It rolls up to 60. Raw then ended quicker than me joining a queue for free ice cream. Like Bianca Belair got the chair and she kind of fought back a bit. And then it just went to black. And the really annoying thing about this is Bianca didn't seem upset at all. It's not her fault. She'd been told, oh, look all aggressive and mean. No, she should have been losing her mind. She was this close to becoming the women's champion. And then a flipping bit steel got in the way. I just don't understand what's happening here because Smackdown is so good and Raw is always just this usual, I don't even know what you call it, roller coaster. So once again, I'm just hoping when we get to next week and we have a proper roster, we start to fix the holes. Because look, while there was some okay stuff on this Raw, it was ultimately very disappointing and it's got to get it down. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.